you for listening to this message from Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. We hope you'll be inspired to honor God and make disciples. Morning, church. Very bright. Anyway, good morning. My name is Armand. Uh, I'm one of the leaders of the church. If you have not enjoyed the praise and worship yet, and I hope you did, uh, thank you for the worship team. Thank you, brother, for that... uh, for that announcement, <laughs> I cannot smile like him, so pardon me. <laughs> but anyway, as he was talking about earlier, we are in this series called Church. I did say my name, right? My name is Armand. Uh, we are in this series called Church, and this is the final week of Church. And it's really about Church trademark, Church TM. So if, if uh, hopefully by, by today in our sixth week, or we call it five weeks of series, if you can come out today out of those doors, and just remember one thing, I'm hoping it would be that one thing that I will tell, that I would say later on, okay? So week five, there you go, week five. Let's just go, go ahead and jump on. Uh, go ahead and uh, show our scripture. So we'll be reading out of Acts chapter 28, but le- let me give you a background. Sometimes you really need to know the background of the story of the Bibles because sometimes it will not make sense at all. Believe me, I've, uh, I've been reading, and sometimes there are still things that I come across, and it's like, what, what, what? I still have that question mark on my head, and I always ask, what in the world are they talking about? So coming out of Acts chapter 28, we will talk about Paul, okay? Paul was introduced to us in week two, really, by Pastor Mark, who Paul was a, a one who was a persecutor of the church. He, was, uh, he started as a persecutor of the church, then, of course, in week three, uh, Jared introduced uh, or uh, taught us more about Paul, who the man that persecuted the church was met by God himself, and he became the champion of the church. He, be, he pretty much became the champion of the gospel. The very man that was going against the church became one of the greatest apostles the church has ever seen. So here we are now in chapter 28 of Acts. Acts, by the way, is written by Luke. So let me, uh, so what is going on here? Paul, eventually, when he began to be the preacher and the champion of the church, he now came against the very kind of people that he was before he knew Christ. He was persecuting the church. Now, since he was the one preaching the gospel, now it's the other Pharisees and Sadducees that are now against him. So in one event in Jerusalem, well, it's not really just one. There's multiple events that happen. Finally, his very own people want him killed, so he appealed. And this is where we pick up. We, he appealed to Caesar, being a Roman citizen. He appealed and say, you cannot, or uh, I'm just paraphrasing it. Would you condemn a Roman citizen without a proper trial? Okay, just paraphrasing it, making the story short. And that's why he was brought all the way down to Rome. And this is where we pick up. So now he's in Rome. Okay. After three days, he called together. He just, uh, I think he just arrived a few days earlier. Okay. So after three days, he called together the local leaders of the Jews. And when they had gathered, he said to them, Brothers, though I had done nothing against our people or the customs of our fathers, yet I was delivered as a prisoner from Jerusalem into the hands of the Romans. When they had examined me, They wished to set me at liberty because there was no reason for the death penalty in my case. 
There's no reason to kill him. But because the Jews objected, I was compelled to appeal to Caesar, though I had no charge to bring against my nation. For this reason, therefore, I have asked to see you and speak with you, since it is because of the hope of Israel that I am wearing this chain. So Paul is talking to his fellow Jews. Next slide, please. 21, and they said to him, we have received no letters from Judea about you, and none of the brothers coming here has reported or spoken any evil about you. But we desire to hear from you what your views are, for with regard to this sect, we know that everywhere it is spoken against. When they had appointed a day for him, they came to him at his lodging in greater numbers. Look at that. From morning till evening, he expounded to them, testifying to the kingdom of God and trying to convince them about Jesus, both from the law of, Mos uh, law of Moses and from the prophets. And we only have a two-hour service. <laughs> this guy spoke from morning to evening. So, and some were convinced by what he said, but others disbelieved. And disagreeing among themselves, they departed after Paul had made one statement. The Holy Spirit was right in saying to your fathers through Isaiah the prophet, go to this people and say, you will indeed hear, but never understand. And you will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes they have closed. Lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and turn, and I would heal them. Next. 28. Therefore, let it be known to you that this salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles. They will listen. And when he had said these words, the Jews departed, having much dispute amongst themselves. He lived there for two whole years at his own expense and welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all, with all, all boldness and without hindrance. Let's just pray one more time. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that we have the luxury of the Bible that uh, the many years that it has been put together, we can easily open it. There's no hindrance. There's no one persecuting us, no one kicking us out of our house and churches. Father, thank you that in the time that we're living in, we have such freedom to be able to open your word, see you, and know you are. So, Father, I just pray today that you would, that we, you would open our ears to hear, open our, our, our hearts that we would learn to accept the things that you have for us, and that your ways be known today. In Jesus' name, amen. So week number five, the topic for this, uh, for this um, week is really about missions. Jared, I think, was uh, kind of saying it earlier. We exist to honor God and to make disciples in Micronesia and beyond. If you have been a believer for quite some time, it is nothing new, right? You, I think every, almost every church has a package this way. Love God, love people. We packaged it as in honor God and make disciples. Uh, and make disciples. That's the package coming out of Matthew uh, chapter 28. That's what it is. So here is the man that did most of that mission, or, or we say who made such an impact to the church, Paul. So if we can look at Paul. Now, the book of Acts, as I said earlier, was written by Luke. Okay? Uh, Luke. So what he was writing is really the events that was uh, taking place. 
But if we, were, if we were to able to look at the very heart of Paul, what do you think he would say? Can we go on to the next slide? Now, bringing back to verse 23, this is what he, the material that, that Paul was using. And what, what, what is that one statement that he is declaring to the people, to the, to the Jewish people? So it says that when they had appointed the day, they came to him at his lodging in greater numbers. From morning to evening, he expounded to them, testifying to the kingdom of God and trying to convince them about Jesus, both from the law of Moses and from the prophets. That was the one thing that Paul would always do. He would, whenever he goes to a city, he would invite the Jewish people. And he would expound about the kingdom of God. And he would try to convince them it's Jesus, Jesus, and Jesus. The whole reason that what he was arrested for was that, was his one, one statement. That the hope of Israel is that there is a resurrection from the dead. And it's through Jesus Christ. That was the one statement that he got arrested for. That I have the hope of the resurrection from the dead through this man, Jesus Christ. That was the one statement. In short, that statement, resurrection from the dead is, in one word, that is what we call salvation. That's what it is. That salvation is through Jesus Christ. That was his one statement. Everywhere he go, every city he would go to, he would do this. There's even a story in the Bible that he took so long overnight that a kid fell down from the second floor window because uh, they have been there the whole night. Kid fell down, so he stopped, his, uh, he stopped his Bible study, went to the boy, raised the boy back to life, and what did they do? They continued their Bible study. It's like, hopefully you guys don't sleep on me. We won't take all night, okay? But that's Paul. That's the one thing that Paul would always, uh, that, that's, his, the, that's what he would always do. That's his practice. Go to a city, invite all the Jews, and then he would expound about the kingdom of God and about Jesus. And what is the material that he would use? Most, the book of Moses and the prophets. That is really what, it, what is called the Old Testament, the Hebrew Old Testament. They call it the Tanakh because it's the, Moses, the law of Moses, the poetry books, and then the prophets. It's just the Old Testament. All right? So uh, go ahead and show the next verse. So if we were able to look at the, the heart of Paul, I believe this is what we would see. In 1 Corinthians which is written by Paul, this is what it says. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. No other knowledge. I don't want to know any other knowledge but just Jesus Christ and whom crucified. In Philippians, he says this. this, Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I might gain Christ. One thing he wants to know, Christ and him crucified. Everything that he has ever gained, he said, I call them rubbish. Everything that he has ever lost, it is nothing compared to the surpassing word of knowing and gaining Christ. Church, that is the heartbeat of this man. Jesus, Jesus, and Jesus alone. In our, old, uh, in our old building in Mighty, we have this big banner in the old uh, sanctuary. It's a big banner that just says, Jesus, period. So if we were to leave today, out of the six-week 
that we are talking about church and the church trademark, I hope that you come home with just this. Go ahead, next, next please. If, church, after six weeks of hearing the church trademark, I hope that you would come home today and realize that if there's one trademark that the church should be known, that the church should be known for, it is this, that the gospel is all about Jesus. Yes, you hear us week in, week out that we're here to make disciples. Yeah, you've probably heard us talk about leadership. You've probably talked about so many things. But all of this, all of those are rather, are really secondary. The whole point that, that Paul was in prison was because of this man, Jesus Christ. The whole idea where it says, my hope for my nation is that they would believe that there is a resurrection from the dead through this man. Jesus Christ. That is, that is, that should be the trademark of the church. Everything after this, he is, this is it. There's really nothing above this. Everything is below. Okay? Everything, uh, everything that we do is because of what Jesus is. The reason why we go to the mission is because Jesus is. The whole point that we are able to, to come here to worship every Sunday is really not to, I mean, uh, I enjoy fellowship, really. And I know most of you enjoy fellowship, but we don't come here to fellowship, really. That it should be secondary. But the whole point is really Christ, Jesus Christ. The whole point that we have a favor, the same favor that the Jewish people had upon us from God the Father is because of Jesus. The whole point that we can walk in that same grace, that, uh, I don't know if you realize this, but God did not directly made a covenant with man. Okay, hear me, on, hear me out. The reason why we have the favor of God, the grace of God, and all the blessings of God is because there was a covenant that was made, but it was not a direct covenant with man. It was the, represent, it was the representative of man, and that, or rather, he's, it, we, it, it's our proxy to say, it was Jesus that he made a covenant with. And that's why it's so important to know that everything that we are is in Jesus. It's in Jesus. If you take away Jesus and you go direct to God, what do you have? I mean, uh, Jared talked about it. Everything that we have is what? Is, is really God's. The whole, the whole point that we are able to enjoy life and godliness is in Christ. The whole point that everything that we do is really in Christ. It's really just Jesus, Jesus, and Jesus alone. The gospel. Your whole salvation is based on Jesus. You cannot approach God without Jesus. He said that I am the way, the truth, and the life. And the reason why I'm saying this is because I realized this morning, we were, we've been talking about church, and we almost forgot the very important thing that we should know. You know what that is? Jesus, week one. Week two, week three, week four, week five. It's like, wow, we, we're talking about church trademark, and yet we almost forgot what the most important part of what church is. The whole point that the church exists was why? Was because of Jesus. We were playing a game many years ago. This is a funny story, true story. We were playing a game. I think it was called Bible Charade. And, we were, and, the, and the question that we were supposed to answer is, can you name the people that was resurrected from the Bible? So everybody... Gave names, names. And then finally, when we got the answer, you know what we forgot and who we forgot that was risen from the dead? Jesus. 
I mean, it was a funny thing, but in reality, we can easily do. We can easily forget that the whole point why we come is really about Jesus. The whole point that we are here is because of Jesus. The whole point that we are accepted, that we can stand before God, and God can say, I'm in delighted, uh, I'm delighted, is because of Jesus. The gospel is all about Jesus. <clears throat> I, see, Paul, as, as we read earlier, Paul used the Old Testament. He used the, uh, Moses, the book of Moses. And he used the prophets. And it says that he expounded on them about Jesus. So the entire Old Testament, in your own reading, church, look for Jesus. Now, we, they did not have the New Testament. The New Testament was written as things were happening. How many books in the New Testament was written by Paul? Here, let me help you. <laughs> Romans, First and Second Corinthians. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Then after that, you got the three T's, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, 1st and 2nd uh, uh, Timothy, 11. Then you got Titus, 12. Philemon, 13. And if you include Hebrews, if, if it's true that it was written by Paul, that's 14. There are 27 books in the New Testament. If 14 was written by Paul, that's almost half of the book in the New Testament was written by Paul. And all the man speaks about is who? Jesus. So what do you think is, is in the New Testament? Jesus. Now, if you include the four Gospels, which we will talk about, it's all about Jesus. That leaves you with what? Eight. So that leaves you with Acts, as we were talking about. And we know it began in the church as Jesus. And it ended by, by Paul saying, and he was free to proclaim the gospel with no hindrance under security guards. He had the Roman guards guarding him, and now the, the gospel is being proclaimed freely and without any hindrance. Talk about how good God is that he can turn things around. So you're left with what? John, one, two, three, John, Revelation, Jude, and James. So the entire, the entire book is really all about, it's about Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. You agree? So, so if we were to leave today, what can I give to you at least that you can go home and know that, oh, this is Jesus. I'm kind of, I know I'm kind of throwing things around already. But let me look at, uh, let me, uh, let me just concentrate on this. I don't think we'll, talk, we'll, we'll touch any other, uh, in Ezekiel, in the book of Ezekiel, Ezekiel was one of the prophets of God in the Old Testament. He saw a vision. And in the vision, what he saw was a, a four living creatures. Four creatures, a heavenly creatures. And each of these creatures has four faces on them. And coming and reading out of Ezekiel chapter 1, verse 10, this is what it says. As for the likeness of their faces, each had the face of a man. Each of the four had the face of a lion on the right side. Each of the four has the face of an ox on the left. And each of the four had the face of an eagle. So Ezekiel saw a vision in heaven. And he saw a creature with, a creature with four faces. The face of a man. The face of an eagle. The face of a lion. What did I miss? And the face of an ox. You know what those faces are? Those are really a reference to all the particularity of Jesus. That is... that. Faces are really reference to the four Gospels of the New Testament. The book of Matthew, the book of Mark, Luke, and John. 
that, that is really, th that creature is really a representation of Christ and his, basically his portraits. And that's what I'm, uh, I want to show you. Since it's all about Jesus, if you want to know, if you, you, you know who he is, begin in the gospel. Be, uh, I've been saying the gospel and you're probably wondering what, what book is that? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is called the synoptic gospel because they're seeing one, but they have four different sin and optic. Optic meaning uh, from your optometry or eyes, and then sin meaning the same. So the same seeing. So the book of Matthew, it says, it says that it, is the, it, it really is a representation of that face of Jesus as a lion. Who's the lion in the animal kingdom? Mufasa. I know it's coming out, right? Mufasa, but the lion has always been what? Considered the king of the animal kingdom. In the book of Matthew, what do you think he represents? He's the king of the Jews. He's the king of the earth. In the book of Matthew, you will really see this, the, the scripture or the phrase that you would always see in the book of Matthew is that repent for the kingdom of God is here. He is king. So if he's king, what does, what does that tell us? He has the authority, he has the majesty, and this is where we get our very point why we go to the mission. All authority in heaven on an earth has been given to me, has been given to Jesus. Now go therefore make disciples. That is the same authority that we use. So when you know that there is an authority in Jesus and you know that you are in Jesus, then you can walk in that same authority. Amen? So it's important to know that who Jesus is because who Jesus is is who you are in him. Amen? It speaks of that kingship. <clears throat> then the next book, what is the next book after Matthew? Mark. Who is Mark? Mark is really John Mark. Mark was a, Mark was a fellow uh, missionary with Paul, and Mark failed big time with Paul. There's two instances in the, in the Bible where, where Paul said, don't bring Mark. Because he abandoned me. And then on another letter, Paul says, now take Mark with you and bring him to me because he is useful to me. You almost want to say, come on, Paul, make up your mind. Is, it, is, he, is he useful or is he not? But he was a missionary that failed Paul, but yet God chose the very man that failed to write about a book about the face of an ox. And what is an ox? A beast of burden, a servant, a laborer. See, and this is where we, got, we, we get Matthew, uh, Mark chapter 10, verse 44, 45. For the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life for a ransom for many. Jesus came to serve us. For some of you, you've, you that's, that is a foreign thought. No, church, it, it's, that's what the Bible says. Jesus came to serve us. He took on, though he had the form of, a God, of God, it says he, he abandoned that. And he took on the form of a bondservant, even take, took no reputation about being God. And he took on the form of the likeness of man. Jesus came to be served. Or rather, sorry, Jesus came to serve, not to be served. Now, in knowing that, this is where we, we, we began to know that this is how we, we imitate servanthood. It's how Jesus served. Now, let me be clear on this. Your identity... It's not that you're a servant or a slave, all right? Your identity is that you are a son of God. You're a child of God, all right? That's your identity. That's who you are. God purchased you. 
or you were purchased with the, with the blood of Jesus and you were saved. Jesus did not just suffer, went to the cross and, re- and, and rose up again so that you can be slaves to, or you can be servant. No, you're a child of God. But when a child of God serves, it brings so much glory to the Father. Those of you who are parents, would you not agree? When your kids do something out of their own, doesn't that make you feel ha- happy? When they do chores that, uh, on, their own, on their own will, how does that make you feel? Doesn't it make you feel so happy that, oh, my child is to, uh, to, to all the teenagers, hint, hint, do your own chores, watch. Watch your parents, okay? I'm giving you a hint. This is how you get to their heart. Do your own chores. Don't wait for them to tell you what to do. When a son steps out of his way and become a servant, it brings so much glory to God. And that's why, God, that's why Jesus was so glorified. It was not because he served. Uh, he, I mean, yes, he served. But he, out of him being the son of, Ma, the son of God, he went and he served and he laid down his life. So that's why God said, and he was glorified above all things. So servanthood. Mark speaks about servanthood. It talks about uh, the, uh, the face of an ox. And that's why when you read the book of Mark, it's always about events after events after events. It's like the word you would always come across in the book of Mark, the word immediately. It says immediately he did this, immediately he did that. From preaching to feeding to healing, one after the other. And that's, that's, that's what Jesus is. Though he was God, he abandoned that, and he took on the form of a bondservant. So it's the same thing. Our identity is that we are, child, we are a child of God, but in servanthood, we, we, in humility, we serve others. That's where the heart of servanthood comes from. It's not that you are a slave to God. No, you are a child of God, but we serve as a child of God. Amen? What's after Mark? Luke, the picture of a man, the face of a man. Luke was a what? A physician. I know we have a doctor in the house. Who knows you, your body, how your body functions more than anybody else? A doctor. Isn't it not? When you're sick, who do you go to? You go to the doctor. You believe the doctor when the doctor writes you a prescription, though you cannot even read the prescription, you would still buy the prescription and you still take the, you still take the medicine. We trust the doctors. They know more of our body than anybody else. And Luke was, was the one that God used to show the, 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 the humanity of Jesus. Jesus being the man, the face of a man. And because he, he took on the form of a human being, then Jesus can also relate with us in an area of our affliction and in the area of our temptation. Amen? That's why it says in Hebrews that we did not have a high priest that did not know or did not suffer or was not tempted, but in every which way he was tempted and yet he did not have any sin. That's why Jesus can always, he knows exactly what you're going through because he took on the form of a man. He knows your affliction. He knows what you're going through. He knows your temptation. Amen? He knows everything about being a human being because he became one. He's not just a God far away. He, is, uh, he, he knows exactly what's going on. Amen? Luke, and of course, who's the last of the gospel? John. The book of John is really the face of an eagle. And the eagle is really 
uh, is really about uh, Godhead, deity. And, and in the book of John, Jesus is the Son of God. <clears throat> in the book of Exodus, it says that it talks about how God, when, when the, the children of Israel came out of Egypt, it says that I bore you in eagle's wing. I lifted you up with eagle's wing. And that's what, and, and this, in fact, uh, if I would have a one favorite book in the Bible, I would say John would be the book. Because this is here we, we come across the statements when he said, I am. A declaration that I am God, that I am the son of God, that everything that you will ever need in life, I am. <clears throat> this is where you find your I am statement. Amen. If you have any questions about life, Jesus really is the answer. Really is. It's not just a Sunday school it's not just a Sunday school answer to everything that every question the teacher asks. Because if you go to Sunday school, every, every question that the teacher would ask and the kids would answer is always Jesus. It's always correct. It's not just for them. It's really for us. It's for everybody. Every question in life that you, might, you would ever have, the answer is always Jesus. The answers to society is not more laws. You put more laws on people, you really think that people would follow the law? They're already breaking how many? You need Jesus. The only way for a person to be changed is not from the outside in, but it's from the inside out. An encounter with Jesus changed the man we, that we've been talking about, Paul. The very person that was killing people in the church was transformed when he had an encounter with Jesus. You want to change society? Then we change society by an encounter with Jesus. Amen? So the I am statements, and this is Jesus. So if you were to leave today, church, this is what I want you to leave with. The gospel is all about Jesus Christ. Every answer, or every question rather, that you have, you can find it in here, on Jesus. Every lies that you might have come across. It says in, in the book of John, Jesus is the I am the way, the truth, and the life. Every problem Jesus has the solution. If the creator of the universe knows exactly how everything works, then I would say he probably does have all the answer. Amen? You need provision? Jared just talked about it. Everything. You need the hope for the future? The resurrection of the dead. We're just talking about it. It all falls down on Jesus and Jesus alone. There really is no other. It's Jesus Christ. So if there's one trademark that the church should have, then I say it should be Jesus Christ. Amen? Let's just go ahead and pray. Father, I trust that you have done business with us. Thank you, Father, for allowing Jesus to come everything we have is because of him thank you thank you Jesus Lord we just ask as we depart as we go Lord may we have a heart like Paul that our our mind may be filled with just the knowledge of who Jesus is and the things that we hold on to, may we consider them lost. May we be able to let go of them 
so that we can always chase after Christ. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. Father, be with your people. Protect them. Bless them. Keep them in your protection as they go on with their week. And Father, thank you for a privilege and thank you for the freedom that we have to be able to worship you. In the name of Jesus. If you might have any other prayer, please don't hesitate to come and ask people. But we're dismissed. Thank you and be blessed. Amen. Amen.